A big hearty welcome to week three of the Game Theory and Money podcast to those of you that have been with us so far these first two weeks. Thank you, and also a big thank you for sharing, downloading, whatever you may do to help us grow this podcast, and especially that brought us back for a second season. Uh, We cannot thank you enough. I am going to stop speaking in just a moment, but uh, celebrate the central part of this podcast, which is our Cynthia Freeland the premier predictive analytics person in all of foosball. She runs her 10,000 simulations of every single game, and you not only get the winner, but you get the exact score, and we all know that's very, very important. Cynthia, I don't want to miss anything. Uh, I will point out the record last week. Look, you can't win them all, but you did win. Nine and seven, at least it's a winning record. Uh, I think, unfortunately for you, you have set a high bar. People so darn used to the 13 and threes, the 12 and fours. You know what? I've said it for myself, though. Nobody's more upset than me, you know? But kickers kind of screwed me. Easy there, MVP. We're good. We're good. Telling us, ah, you listen, you can't can't come after me because I'm harder on myself than any of you. No, it's true. Don't you give me that football cliche. We don't have cliches around these parts. We have math is what we have. A couple of the highlights from last week. You had the Chargers win it by 11. They did exactly. And you had the uh, Vikings Packers as a close one, even with the health of Aaron Rodgers. So a couple good ones there. And uh, throughout this, uh, we're going to separate it a little bit differently this week. So I think it's important for us, or at least maybe important for you. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm just the blowhard that gets in the way of everything. But to kind of share with the people, hey, these are the tight games uh, that the that the model predicted. These are the ones that aren't quite as tight. And then these are the ones that look like you would perhaps put in that locks bucket, the the ones that you feel really good about based on your model and what it spit out. Did I miss anything? Does that sound right? That sounds perfect. So how do you want to classify them? Like 50-50s, hard to predict, but you still feel pretty good about them? Like how, how should we – because as we get this started um, – Flip of the coin. Yeah, let's do like a flip of the coin. Basically, like anything that's just a little bit better. So let's let's just say like anything that falls within that like fifty point one to fifty five percent range. Those are the hardest to predict. Okay, so you run the ten thousand simulations. Half the time they're spitting out one team. Half the time they're spitting out the other, and it always results with a score that's usually no more than a point. Uh, to two points at most. <laughs> so how about we start with our top coin flip game of the week, one you and I talked about as a fantasy gold mine game because you thought a lot of points would be scored, the Saints at the Falcons. So right now the model is 53.3% in favor of the Saints, who are not favored in this game. So for me, the interesting part about This one is the changes to the Falcons' defense and the fact that we haven't seen Drew Brees really come together and get that offense humming like we're used to. Yes, Michael Thomas has been amazing. Yes, Alvin Kamara first week especially was great. But really, we have not seen Drew Brees. In fact, last week, it was kind of interesting to see that their 275 total yards is the fewest that they've allowed, especially at home, since like a decade. So that is... That is a big – That's I, this This model reflects the fact that that's not going to keep happening. Yeah, I think we're all kind of scratching our head over the Saints offense. And maybe Mark Ingram is that important. And once he gets back, they'll find more balance in that running game. But I, I think we all just kind of expected Alvin Kamara to do what he did in week one every single week. So it's just kind of interesting to look at, at the numbers. And granted, everything changes. Game script changes based on what's happening mm-hmm. in the game. But the fact that they're last in rushing – is a little bit odd at this point, even Super though it's odd. only been two games this season. And Breeze has been uncharacteristically bad on deep passes. So we're used to him being this like perfect deep passer, but it's not, It's that's got a you know, positive regression or whatever you want to call it. Like he can't stay this down for long based on the model, based on the history, especially because we have a lot of history on him. And in this one, you did see, it really was more Deion Jones that was like the big difference maker for being gone. Keanu Neal, obviously also a big deal. So those are, those are two big pieces in the middle of that defense. So Kamara should get going absolutely in this game again. And really just more coincidence, not something that I think we would point to that you would say, hey, this is what the math says, but just odd that the Saints are one of these teams that gets off to slow starts Mm -hmm. and ends up still making the playoffs and still being a team that we think is a favorite to win the Super Bowl for whatever reason. That's just kind of the way it's been historically for them. And look at what's going on. So the 
it's so weird because if you look at the Saints, they're actually right now allowing, allowing the highest opponent passer rating. Like, that's ridiculous. It's above 130. So that's honestly, I don't believe that's going to say Marshawn Lattimore is better than that. The, their defensive backs as a group are better than that. And if you look to see the ability for them to get pressure in this one, you know, Matt Ryan under pressure, obviously, like most quarterbacks is bad. Matt Ryan under pressure. The red zone becomes a bigger problem. Everybody's heard that before. But you lose your left guard, and then Matt Ryan getting pressure in the middle where it's kind of trickier to get out of, that's a hard one, and especially if Devontae Freeman isn't back yet. Yeah, so, I think it's also – sorry to interrupt. I, no. I think it's also important. And remember, just and, and the only reason I do is because this is what I get hit with all the time because mm-hmm. I work – on the Chargers broadcast, but someone was coming at me today about this defense stinks. They're averaging, uh, you know, allowing 29 points per game. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to defend the defense and say whether or not they're great or they stink, but uh, 14 of those points were given up to special teams. Right. One a punt return, one a fumble on the two-yard line that gave them a first and goal. And there's seven more points that were basically conceded in the final two minutes of a game against Buffalo. So if you take 21 points off of their total over two games, they go from allowing 29 points per game to 19 points per game, and now you feel a lot better. So I think it's you got to be careful because that Ryan Fitzpatrick game in week one was such an outlier where he had that perfect totally. pass already and all those yards and all those points that it's going to skew it until they get Absolutely. three or four more games on that slate. All of these numbers are liars so far. Every single number that is just such a small sample size, they're all liars. I do think that Michael Thomas being super impactful, in fact, he's been the most impactful wide receiver so far this this season, I know it's only two games. I think that will sustain just because of how he's doing it. But in general, most of these like rankings and numbers that are just big old liars. And the one thing I guess that I'm most interested in, I think, is if in fact Devontae Freeman gets healthy mm-hmm. and comes back, if they kind of found something here, you know, mm-hmm. instead of Tevin Coleman just kind of being this, hey, he'll get his eight to eleven touches. But it's a Devontae Freeman. If they figure out a way to get more two-back sets with both those guys out mm-hmm. there, more touches for Coleman and Devontae's fresher for the, you know, more fresh for the fourth quarter, this could actually benefit them if Tevin Coleman can continue to be this effective. Look. Tevin Coleman in rushes of 10 plus, he's been electric. That's how he's been making his hay. He also had that 36 yard run and gain in order to set up the Calvin Ridley first touchdown. That's what they need to see more of. So you're totally right. Using the two together would be the optimal situation for them. All right, so again, you've got just uh, it's a flip of the coin game, so just over fifty yep. percent. You're taking the Saints, taking you're the taking Saints them by yeah, slimmest I, of margin. It's a very slim margin, twenty five, twenty four. I think this game has the potential to go like you know, even higher, like you know, thirty five. Maybe like this is the one if you're going to have another week of if we're going to predict another week of potential ties. This is the one that would be up okay. for it. Let's hope well, not. I hate also- ties. Kind of like I mentioned what we talked about earlier on NFL Fantasy Live. This is your fantasy gold mine. It's fantasy gold mine. going to be a lot of touchdowns. All of them. A lot of points. Let's go. Play all your Falcons. Play all your Saints. Mm-hmm. And win your week. All right, let's go to uh, another flip of the coin game. Cowboys at Seahawks. Two uh, teams. Look, the Cowboys feel like they should go undefeated every year, right? And the Seahawks got their backs against the wall starting 0-2 and two in a division with the Rams. So a big one up in Seattle for the 12 and the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay, so 23-20. Cowboys. Now, part of the reason why this one falls into the coin flip category is that we've seen Sean Lee now appear on the injury report, which is an unfortunate annual thing that starts to shape their defense, which their defense has been the strength of this team. However, the one area Sean Lee doesn't impact pressures. Well, he does impact it, but not direct, not as directly as, you know, Demarcus Lawrence. They actually have nine sacks by eight different defenders, which is really like coming from all, all all over the defensive front, which is the most effective way for pressures to affect quarterbacks. And Russell Wilson's been sacked 12 times, which is first. And uh, yes, okay, six of those were, you know, it's, anyways, they're they're six and six, right? So six in each game, and you ha- and you have Khalil Mack coming at him is not fair, but it still counts, and it's still something to monitor in this situation with Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Yeah, I think the one, yeah, the one thing with Russell is we saw coming but we saw this coming we said you know coming into the season okay you feel like you solidified the left side of that line but the right side of that line is a major Mm -hmm. problem and it turns out you don't have to designate which side of the line you want Khalil (laughs) Mack to come from if you want him to repeatedly just wreck German Effetti that's what you can do all game and that's what teams have been doing so 
unlike other squads where, you know, maybe you can shift protection or you can try to lean on an extra tight end or an extra lineman to negate that rush, it doesn't seem to matter. Mm-hmm. Whoever is opposite of Fetty is having a field day with Russell Wilson, and he can only do so much to extend plays and escape that pressure when it's coming from half the line, you know, a tackle on the inside and the edge on the outside attacking that right side. I mean, I can't even, there's really nothing else to say about that except for the fact that couple that with, you know, Doug Baldwin's absence and you really set yourself up for having to be really reliant on Russell Wilson, which if he's just being constantly pressured is really hard to sustain no matter what, even if it's as special as Russell Wilson, who's very special. I'm not taking any shine away from him. Yeah, it's still and, impossible. You know, they're, they're still searching for a running game. You know, mm-hmm. they thought it was Chris Carson. And then we hear something from Pete Carroll like, hey, man, all right, Chris Carson, he was all uh, tired. And he was gassed from special teams. It's like, what are, ta- what are you talking about? Your running back is gassed from special teams. No, your O-line can't run block. They can't pass block. And it doesn't matter who you put in there to run. And Russell Wilson is just running for his life. That is, that is no way to win a football game. And yet he's still so good that they have found themselves in games despite six sacks per game Which is in amazing. the final five minutes of a fourth quarter. That's right. You know, and if you kind of take the Dak Prescott on the other side of that, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like in order for Dak to be to earn wins and to score points, because 20 points versus the Giant is the most they've scored in four games, like going back to last season. They really have a hard time getting into the end zone, scoring those points, period. So it's kind of the opposite, right? Like you'll see all these stats where it's like if Dak runs only uh, only has to have take 25 attempts, it's dramatically different than when he doesn't. Well, the honest truth about that is that those when when he has those dramatic splits, they're setting themselves up with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott getting a first down on second down, or they're getting five yards on first down, so it's a much more favorable passing situation. So just saying how many passing attempts he takes in a game doesn't put the proper context on it. In reality, it's what passes is he is he taking, and are are his receivers able to put him in a position to to succeed? And the answer is when when Zeke's working, yes. When Zeke isn't working, no. It's hard to to kind of reconcile exactly what the Cowboys are and exactly what the Seahawks are. Because, again, you know, you mentioned if Zeke's going, then the Cowboys are in pretty darn good shape because you can't ask Dak to do it. That that seems to be clear. At the same time, the game against Carolina was so bad, the Giants played absolutely awful, and yet they still had a chance to win that game. Um, and then I just think about, you know, how much do you want to put into the home field advantage and the loudest stadium and – and all the land and that sort of stuff, you know, to me, I guess since it's a 50-50 game, you're going one way, I'll just go the other. I'll take the Seahawks in this. I can't imba- I cannot envision them starting a season 0-3, and three, even if it looks like everybody's hurt. It's a total reset. The offensive line is a mess. Uh, I'll, I'll suggest that Russell Wilson figures out a way to get this thing to one and two as opposed to zero and three. I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you much differently because it's literally a coin flip, but I mean, so I'm going to go, I'm just going to go just so we can be different. I'm going boys. All right. If boys it was literally by three. a coin flip, we wouldn't have to watch this mess. Well, but instead, they will actually have to play. <laughs> Correct. It's not literally. Cl- I know you hate overuse no. of literally. I'm sorry. I don't. I just figured, hey, it'd be pretty sweet if it was because I don't know if I want to watch this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bucks at Steelers, the magic of Ryan Fitzpatrick and the 2-0 and Bucks, who now have Deshaun Jackson making appearances on Total Access and saying, got to go with the hot hand. I yeah. don't care. Yep. After uh, week three, don't care. Got to go with the hot hand, which I'm sure is great. For uh, for Jameis at this point. So right now it's as we're ta- we don't really there's it seems to be like there's some some upheaval in Pittsburgh. We don't have a lot of clarity to it. We don't understand what's exactly going on. But as of our best estimate from right now, I have the Steelers coming out on top by the narrowest of margins, 26 to 25. Now part of this is because. I don't know exactly what's going on with Antonio Brown. It seems like he and Ben Roethlisberger have something going on. I'm going to tell you through math terms. It's because if you look at his 4.8 yards per target this season, that number's usually like 8.9 or like, you know, 9 point something over the past two seasons, right? So if you take what's going on in Pittsburgh, there's no Lev Bell and James Conner has been a good replacement. We've seen all that stuff and we've seen them have these crazy come from behind sort of wins. And it's been, it's been a really weird season for Ben Roethlisberger in that offense so that that uncertainty coupled with the fact that we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tampa Bay do things that are very improbable and I'm not saying it no I'm not disrespecting the Bucks in any way but it's very unlikely if even a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't have 
often have multiple 140 yard pl- or 140 passer rating or more and 120 under pressure, especially when you're throwing for that many yards in a game, especially when in game two your run game doesn't set you up for for success he's kind of like you know he's on that star in mario right like he's he's it's just he's it's true right like he's he's invincible right now which is very cool so what i did was i took that and i used this is so nerdy and you're gonna love it um there's like momentum funds it's like a hedge fund sort of strategy where you take things that are recent very recent and you overweight them a ton to try to like figure out the, the movement of a stock right and you look at things one to another so i tried to like find a good comparable for ryan fitzpatrick and went through to see like what's gonna you know what could potentially happen and i literally in 10 years of data can't find anything that there's a you know that would suggest that this is going to last much past like two games because their secondary on defense is banged up. And ultimately when your secondary is banged up and other people can throw against you, you're going to have to keep throwing. And the more you keep throwing, the closer you get to that boom, the star being over. Do you know what I mean? And and I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. I'm I'm not I, judging I him. I qualified. I, right. I do. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And you're suggesting that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Koopa Troopa. Exactly. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> it's, look, it was going great. There were mushrooms flying all over the place, and now is when you shrink to the mini guy <laughs> and you don't have fireballs anymore. <laughs> I totally get it. And, look, they have the worst uh, – I think they have the worst. If not, it's close to the worst pass defense in the league. And, granted, a lot of that is because teams, you know, are trying to deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing four touchdowns. Um, but this isn't a great opponent if you've got a bad pass defense. Uh, nope. Juju Smith-Schuster has filled the void for, you know, the lack of – Yards per attempt at Antonio Brown. Jesse James had a big one last week. So, as you mentioned, it's very hard to keep up at the rate that Ryan Fitzpatrick is currently on. Now, see, you know what I do? I like to contradict myself in do the it. exact same moment. You know, the Bucks got some weapons now. Absolutely. I mean, Mike Evans is not an easy cover. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking anything I'm not taking away so anything what I'm saying. from that. I, right. I guess what, what all I'm saying is if they do pull it off again – I'm not going to be surprised. Either will I, my model. Know, I, I really Either won't. does my math. Now, I will be, yeah, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick posts another passer rating of 140 plus. Yeah, and 120 yes. under pressure. Come on. Right. I'll be surprised. Yes. But O.J. Howard's a really good O.J. Howard, tight end. Bo- actually, both tight ends in this matchup are fully playable in fantasy. Yeah. Could could potentially be top tight end scores for the entire week. I'll take the Steelers, though. I, I you Okay, know, let's do it. we got to be different. Yeah, it's better they're when zero, different. one, and one. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> say they go ones across the board. I'm with you on this one. Okay, so those are our 50-50 games. Now we get to the, uh, you know, they should win games, right? It's kind of how we're going to file these. Yep, we're going in order of like, you know, the the more the more close to the coin flip to the ones that are nowhere near a coin flip per history. Okay. So we'll start, I guess. So this is one that's closer to 50-50 than it is to yeah, like it's the 65%. Yeah, mark. this one's like 58%, though. So Okay, so Packers great. at Redskins. Who wins? Packers, 26-24. What happened to our Redskins last week? A, a team that we've no been celebrating. The, the cool hand of Alex Smith, one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got absolutely wrecked by the Indianapolis Colts. I watched that game four times. I tracked everything on it four times. I don't I, – I, they just – they didn't – they couldn't pull it together. They couldn't get their offense to click. It just I, – I have no idea. Because some like some of the indicators were still really good. Their O-line still was good. There was a lot of positive things going on there, and they just couldn't close it out. <laughs> Marcus Hunt and Darius Leonard absolutely wrecked the Redskins. I mm-hmm. mean, wrecked That's them. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, we were wrong. I was wrong. Yes, my, my, my the math was wrong. But I do want to point out that there's quite a few points wrong, in this one. Math wasn't wrong, Cynthia. The Redskins were wrong. That's what happened. Look, sometimes things don't fall in the most probable thing to happen. Sometimes the the improbable thing happens, of course. So I do want to point out that 50 points in this game is probably more than you might think after what ever the Redskins fielded last week. So keep that in mind when you're looking at fantasy, when you're looking at this total. 50 points total, both sides of the ball. Not just okay. Packers. So I do want to talk about Washington and the Blitz. Their defense is top four in blitzing. And Green Bay's already allowed six sacks. This is very important because you know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers' mobility. We he, Obviously, he still played extremely well against the Vikings' defensive front, which brings a ton of pressure. But at some point, those, that, those blitzes, that pressure, that it's, gonna, it's tough. It's tough sledding to get past that. I mean, that, that, that's a big problem. <laughs> No, I, I hear you, and I guess the my my retort to that, Cynthia, is Aaron Rodgers. 
No, I'm. I'm again. You know, because I mean, that's right. what we always say, right? We just go, yeah, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he'll <laughs> exactly. he'll find Geronimo Allison. He'll find Jimmy Graham, or he'll find someone know, we've never even heard of before. Exactly. Ty Montgomery sneaking out the backfield after having done nothing through the first two weeks is going to end up with three touchdowns. I mean, it's just Aaron Jones. And, and I guess you know that's Aaron the Jones probably like what back from his suspension to probably score exactly. like six touchdowns, something yeah. crazy like that. They've got yeah. something special. Uh, you want to like keep track of Alex Smith here? So I want to talk about. So first of all. Washington's time of possession is first in the NFL. They're just not converting into scores. And part of this could be because Alex Smith has only thrown three deep passes, which is interesting because last season as the chief, he was best in the league at this 127 passer rating on deep passes. And he's been targeting running backs way more than Kirk Cousins did. And running backs have been more effective for him in terms of yards. But that's going to be an interesting part of this game because if you're going to look at a deep pass to target, the Packers secondary is one that seems targetable, especially for a guy that is as accurate as Alex Smith. Yeah, this, I, I think, yeah, the one thing I think about the Packers secondary is it's young. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think you're – you're either investing in Kevin King, you know, as as kind of making that jump in his second season. Uh, and, and look, right, right, one hand washes the other. Yep. You know, Kenny Clark and Clay Matthews and Muhammad Wilkerson and Mike Daniels, who we love, love on this podcast. Love Mike Daniels. Huge friend of the you know, podcast. When they're – if they can do to that Washington O-line what Indianapolis did, guess what looks a lot better? The Packers second there, yep. which has been victimized. So, to me, I just – it feels like the Packers – are putting something together. If they were able to slow down that Minnesota defense enough to score 29 points, I feel pretty good about them being able to slow down a Washington defense. And I don't know, I don't know what to make of Alex Smith and the Redskins anymore after what we saw from Indianapolis. That's why I would probably say I get that your model has it a lot closer, but I suspect the Packers, you know, ought to be able to get out of this, you know, by a touchdown. You know what's weird? So when I when I take the model and I look at like who's going to win the Super Bowl because you know we're, when we're on TV they ask us ridiculous segments like predict the Super Bowl before it even starts. Right. Sure, let's do it. Do you know who's winning the Do you know who's the Super Bowl represented from the NFC right now? Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing the, to me. Yeah. I, it's just amazing, right? Like More at the beginning of the season, it was the, the Chiefs Saints. are making me look foolish. Based uh, on I your, picked the uh, Chiefs in the beginning of the season. I know you did, but that defense <laughs> better get fixed. I, it, it better. Uh, we'll hey, talk about defense, that later. Hey, listen. They uh they keep scoring points that won't even matter. Exactly. All right, so you have the Packers. I have the Packers. Uh, you say they're going to score a lot of points. Yep. And sure do. I agree, and I agree that it's going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers points, and that's why I'm playing Geronimo Allison <laughs> do in it. my experts league. As a matter of fact, you beat and me I, you last know who week. I took down last week, by me. the way. You beat me, and you I had AJ Green. You, you know what kind of lead you had on me, right? Thirty-seven point nine. I with know. AJ Green. <laughs> Everything Doesn't was. everybody love fantasy trash talk? Boy, that's the best. Our fantasy team Our, is so interesting to everyone else. <laughs> isn't it, though? All right, Raiders and Dolphins. Another okay. uh, pretty close to feeling confident about your selection is, yep. I think, the way I'll phrase it. Yep. Next closest, I have the Dolphins winning 25-21. Do you know what we saw last week? Like, this this blew my mind. I watched this game. A what bunch did we of, see? We saw Ryan Tannehill and our, do, read option, RPOs. We saw Ryan Han- Tannehill He's like an athlete. being going back to college. It was throwback week. He went back to college, and you know what? It worked out in New York. Good for him. I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Ultimately, I think they're just trying to stay away from third and six plus. They have the highest rush percentage in the NFL. Last year, they were highest pass percentage in the NFL in terms of play calling. And their defense started last game against the Jets. They showed us something. They didn't really pressure Week One against Tennessee. They were they they were good at you know, interceptions, they had turnovers, but they didn't really pressure anyone and runs, especially they held the jets to 1.1 yard per carry on first down. That's ridiculously good. Think of like four as maybe a line in the sand to draw anything under that is good. 1.1. So I'm going to tell you, I like my chances here. And I especially like it because of how good Minka Fitzpatrick is against slot receivers, sub 50 passer rating allowed. Yeah. Minka's been great. And I think, you know, I said this last week, and I don't want to just repeat myself, but, um, you know, it's just, it's not real sexy, right? I mean, that's just kind of the deal, <laughs> but it's starting to get there. Uh, you know what, you know Mika, what is sexy? Winning. We like to win. Yeah, I would put that in the win is, column, you know? But, it, but you know, how many you wins win, till it becomes sexy? That, I, I, that is, again, you with your spitting out these football cliches, that's not true. And you know it's not true, Cynthia, <laughs> yeah. because guess what? Winning when you're no, Pat Mahomes and throwing six touchdowns that's sexy. and scoring 42 in Pittsburgh. That's sexy, and that's Agreed. what gets people excited. And Tyree Kill is fast, and oh my gosh, can you believe Sammy Watkins opposite? 
But this is a solid team, especially defensively at every single level. And I think, I mean, even rookie linebacker Jerome Baker is having a great start to the to, to his career. And and Minka, as you mentioned, I mean, when you have young guys added to what was already a solid but not spectacular defense, it's kind of like they're sort of the the two guys that are bringing the sizzle and the mm-hmm. athleticism that you felt like this defense kind of needed. Do you think this is the team that, like, like it's not the one you go after as, like, the girlfriend. It's the one you end up marrying? <laughs> Could be. Could be, although I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can trust Ryan Tannehill in that category. I think I think that's one where you kind of look at it and you're like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill's a pretty good-looking quarterback. He's big. He's got a strong arm. He's super athletic, but for whatever Terrible reason. Terrible on third and long. Yeah, just doesn't work out. Just, you know, there's something about it. And they've got a really old guy running the ball still 10 to 12 times a game that we continue to doubt. Um, You know, maybe Adam Gase has it figured out, and you would know. I know you know know Adam very well, and you've been around him for a while. But there's kind of that law of diminishing returns, right, where – how many how many carries can I give Kenyon Drake before we start to see that decline? Because he's so efficient with all the touches he gets, yet there's Frank Gore still taking 12 to 14 touches away from him per game. Well, look, here's the one thing that you should know about Adam Gase. Adam Gase heard that John Gruden basically said like he was going to run through Miami. He said there was some trash talk in a in a press conference, and it got back to him. And you know what? I think that this should be the – I wish he was mic'd up this week, basically, you know, for that show. that I love that show. Um, sure. I wish he were because I feel like this is a game where if Adam's going to be like, yep, keep running it up. Keep running it. We saw it against Denver last year, you know. Like, let's see, keep running it up. <laughs> so yeah, that's, we'll see, that's what I know, hope. The, I mean, And on the Raiders' side, I just uh, – again, I, I don't know if it's uh, a spoof and, John, and, and we're just not in on the joke, but to have John Gruden, you know, today when we're doing this show say that one of their – shortcomings is the inability to find good pass rushers that it's hard to find a great one it's hard to find a good one it's hard to find one i believe I, you was know his what? exact quote do you know i i think there was one that there was i, I one. seem to remember one seemed to fall into that category of yeah. great and he was complaining he was lamenting I, you know the lack of passing deep deep passing in college football that all of this is rpos and bubble screens and his quarterback fig- completed 91 percent of his passes last game and he complained about him he missed some yeah. he missed some passes oh you're right 91 percent completion percentage you you're right he Again, missed like he's one trolling us and i'm not I'm, I'm done i'm not falling for it i'm not taking the bait Gruden. <laughs> something's happening here but i'm taking the dolphins that's for sure <laughs> that, that i can tell you and i took them last week by the way good i like it all right, so we both have the Dolphins, and got you've got that, yeah. a high or a low total. I've got a, you know, I've got a high total. I think okay. I think that twenty five, twenty one. I think you know it's it's not the highest one. It's not as high as Packers Redskins, but it is. It's it's on the high side. It's on, the okay. model doesn't spit out crazy high totals. You know what I mean? So and we'll this see one's if Amari Cooper can keep it up because uh, ten that for would ten. Be nice. Yes, I don't want any drops. Folks. I like him. Ten for ten. That He's been, great. Uh, well, that's one of the reasons why you, you fell to me in the fantasy this week because I had Cooper catching ten balls, for goodness <laughs> sakes, for over 100 yards. I know. Help. All right, let's go <laughs> to uh, Bengals <laughs> at Panthers. Okay. So I have the Panthers coming out 24-20, and it's 61%. That's pretty high. for My model is a very stingy old model. Um, and for me, part of this one is because of Joe Mixon's absence. So yeah. two to four weeks without Joe Mixon, that that high rushing average. Now, look, like you can look across the line. Cordy Glenn, their tackle that they brought over from Buffalo, has been great, and he's been able to – Joe Mixon's been able to earn like almost six yards per rush behind the left side of their line. I understand there's all of those things, but still, Giovanni Bernard is not an acceptable Mixon replacement for the long term. Now, you can get him to – you can get him to work on – maybe he can. I mean, I saw the Panthers – they missed a lot of tackles last game, so I've I've seen that they're vulnerable to it. But I I think that Joe Mixon's like you know he's he's playing up here, and without him, it's it's hard it's going to be hard to replace his production. And also, I hate to say because I like Andy Dalton and I thought it was fun, but I don't know if you're going to get single coverage on AJ Green again. I mean that's how I scored all those fantasy points against you. Single coverage in the end zone, AJ Green out of the slot. They just they they just let him. I I, I what like how did that happen? So that's that's another reason too. So well, those things not working together, that's going to be hard, especially because Cam. To me, Cam, that rushing ability from Cam, I, that one. I know that it is a buzzsaw in the middle of that 
that Cincinnati Bengals D line. Oh, it's but nasty. It's nasty, it but nasty you know what? Cam's like the, the same. He's like the same. He's like the same size as those guys. You know, so Cam Cam will be able to make it happen if anyone can. Well, that uh, and also we're starting to see, you know, and we saw it with Saquon last week. What he had fourteen receptions, I think. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Okay, so you don't hand it to him, and he doesn't run in the A or the B gap. But guess what? You're throwing him those extended runs, yes. and he's so good in space that. If that's their run game, whatever. I mean, that's their run game. You can call it a patch and call it what you want, but it's effective. Yep. And we saw the DJ Moore. We saw some of these things happen for Cam. So the the Christian McCaffrey. So in terms of running backs who are most impactful in my model, it also includes blocking. So that's when they're not being targeted in the pass game or rushing the ball themselves. The ones who are most impactful. He's actually ranked number three so far this season. So you can imagine the Todd Gurley. You can imagine Alvin Kamara, and then number three Christian McCaffrey. So that is a that is a huge deal. That's game changing for me in this one. All right, I'm going to take the Panthers as well. I took them last week against the Falcons. I was wrong, but, but I'm not getting off it yet. Whatever. Uh, I, uh, I still like that defense. I wish they had. You know, I know you mentioned you know, kind of DJ Moore, seeing whether or not he can take that next step. I mean, But I wish they had a better set of pass catchers. You, you know, know what? It just seems like you – know you know how like the Chiefs, when you look at them, you're yeah. like, that's a good group. You look at the Rams, and you're like, okay, Cooper Cup does this, yep. and here's Robert Woods, yep. and here's what Brandon Cooks is the speed. You even you look at the Lions – the Lions right. have that too. Unfortunately, and, and, it's not going their way. But yeah, same thing. But so you look at the Panthers, and it's just kind of like this, this mismatch of oh, this mishmash of like oh, there's Funches, and I guess Torrey Smith can still take the top off, and yeah, but but Curtis here's the Samuel's thing: was healthy, and in you know what I game, mean? It's just it's not yeah. an impressive group. In this game, in this matchup, though, the thing is, is the way that the Cincinnati defense works is like I think their corners might be even more like Geno Atkins is really good and he's he's got three sacks already, and then but I think William Jackson the third, their best corner, like he might be even better. So that kind of combination of interior pressure and corners is a nightmare. The only antidote for it is like a Cam-like guy and those Christian McCaffrey. Right so that's that's the, the, the matchup here just is in favor of Carolina. So that's where okay. it, in other I'm games, it will matter that he won't, that he doesn't have those, that like wide receiving core that you described. But in this game, like I don't know, William Jackson, the third's really good. Like he's scary. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think Dre had an interception last week as well. For mm-hmm. He did, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Bengals. So, all right, let's get to our uh, next one. I am, I'm going to cheat and share it. 65%, your model says. Sorry. Chargers at Rams. Sorry. So, which team is fa- is uh, comes out 65% <laughs> of the time in your so model? So, we can skip this one. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> My I model, wish Joey Bosa were playing, that's for sure. That, absolutely, that'd make a huge difference. So the Rams win 26-21 in my model. Um, I think that might be like closer than some people think without Joey Bosa. That's going to just be, oh, Todd Gurley, you know, all day. Um, so pressure is going to be obviously the one that this, that decides this one because obviously both quarterbacks, both defenses have the ability to, to really pressure the opposing quarterbacks. But without Bosa, that kind of the two – that the pressure's coming from all sides of the line really gets diminished. We've seen that in two games. So that's the main driver in this one. I think, um, you know, it's it's hard to figure out the Rams because the first two teams they played <laughs> they, performed they have, so poorly. They've uh, and literally just really not shown... been playing from behind. We don't know what they've – they've run right. the same plays. The second half of their game against Arizona, they ran the same four plays. Yeah, they're just running left screen, boop, left boop, screen, boop, left screen. Boop. Same thing. Right. We don't know who they are. I, I, I wrote a piece on .com, and we were talking about the 2-0 teams, and my knock on them is that we, we don't know their strategy. So we're not sure who – we're not sure who they are yet. You know, the, the Cardinals had more opportunities to score on that defense than it seemed, but we don't know. They didn't take them. Because em. they never crossed midfield. Right, exactly. The, uh, I, to me, I think the only, uh, you know, the, the Chargers are going to have to create turnovers. They're just going to have to. I, I don't, I, I think if it's just a back and forth, let's go at it, I, I don't don't think that's that's the path to victory. But, and and it's stupid because it was the preseason, but I will, I will say just kind of it's when I was in the building and got my eyes on Jared Goff, Melvin Ingram hit him hard hit him hard in that preseason game and we know that Melvin packs as big a punch as anyone in the game and it was a different Jared Goff for the rest of that first quarter Jared uh, Goff was, under pressure is a huge difference that's yeah, the, that's so, going to be the key to their season it seems because you know what Gur- using Gurley and the volume to Gurley is super efficient until it's not 
right? Like, and then, and then what else, right? You got, I know we've seen cooked. We've, we've seen a lot of different Cooper cup. You're right. The wide receiving core is great, but if the pressure changes who Goff is so much that he can't take that top off the defense, then what, like, what are we looking at here? So I totally agree. And whatever plan they had for Kareem hunt week one, the chargers, they got to figure out how to like that on steroids for, for, right. you know, for Gurley. Gurley. and it's, it's going to be tough. Um, it's a really good offensive line on that left side. They've just been running behind Sullivan Bly or it's uh Sullivan Saffold, right? Mm-hmm. This who's over there with Whitworth. Exactly. And they just keep running those. We love screens. Whitworth. Another friend of the show. Um, yeah. Friend of the show. But uh, we'll see if Derwin takes the same jump he took from week one to week two. Yep. From week two to week three then that may be how you compensate for that lack I of think Joey it's Bills closer, on one I think side. it's closer so, than, than most people imagine. Yeah, but it's it's not an easy task. That's nope. for sure. All right, so you have the uh, the Rams. You have them by five, and you got some points in there, 26 to 21. Mm-hmm. I'll abstain from selecting that one, and we'll get to the uh, the Broncos <laughs> at the Ravens. How about the 2-0 Broncos, huh? Although how Case Keenum dealing with a knee today that yeah. they were doing this, so I guess that's a big factor here. It is a very big factor. My model has the Ravens winning this one 26 to 20. So that means that more points than you might imagine scored, but I still have the Ravens coming out on top by almost a touchdown. I do want to say the positive news here for obviously the 2-0 Broncos, the best positive news that I could find, the yards before contact on rushing downs, they're their O-lines run blocking better. Yay, that's a really big Phillip deal. Philip Lindsay, man, let's go yeah. Buffs. No, no, Philip Lindsay is ridiculous in his own right. His yards after contact are over six. Okay, tiny sample size, two games, but six, that's ridiculous. He doesn't that's face he stacked is, boxes. I get it. There, there are some knocks. He doesn't face as many stacked boxes. He doesn't. He's had a better opportunity, but you know what? Six, that's ridiculous. Yep. That three for a season is is Lev Bell status. Six for two games, you know, that's that's ridiculous. So I I'm I'm in awe of him on and that. And that's what they'll need to do. I mean that that's what yeah. they're because you've seen Case Keenum has had just brutal. Two interceptions, interceptions. under pre- under pressure. Yeah, he's a passer rating of one under pressure. Yeah. One. So we don't like they need that. Both here. Freeman. They need Lindsay. Uh, but you know what? There's a flip side of that too, and that's look at last week. You know, after not facing the Bills. Um, and having to deal with the the Bengals and that kind of pressure, Flacco was terrible. Yep, the guy was throwing the ball all over the yard, and it was finding the hands of Bengals receivers because uh, they weren't defensive backs with how bad those interceptions were. So, and we know when you got Von Miller, arguably the best pass rusher in the game, uh, maybe that's the Flacco we see, and not the one that we saw in Week One that just carved up a, a pretty darn bad Bills defense. Well. Let's say we see somewhere in between, right? Because Geno Atkins was getting to him through the guard position. The guards did not help keep Flacco away from pressure. Outside pressure, Flacco has been better at still connecting with his receivers on. And yeah, climbing that ladder. His yeah, and his receivers have been great for him so far. Game one. I mean, we saw we've we've seen their they have kind of a a, a core now. You know, like you, there's options for him. So for me, this one this one is a Flacco bounce back game, right? And and I don't I'm not taking anything away from the Broncos defense as a whole because they're still great. But I do have questions about their secondary. They're not gelling the same way they did when they had to keep Talib and Chris Harris Jr. together. There there's an opportunity for the Ravens to make the most of that as this secondary comes together yeah I'm with you I, I I'm compl- I, I'm just not sold on Case Keenum you know and whether or not he obviously if he doesn't play they're they're toast but if he does I'm still not quite there I mean those interceptions have been bad yes uh, as, as much as I love Philip Lindsay and you know I like to celebrate the Pac-12 and he's a fun you player like the to Pac-12 watch in a, I didn't know yeah, yeah who would have guessed <laughs> right um I just don't suspect that that's not what you're going to be able to do against the the Ravens it's just it, it's that that does not seem to be something that that ought to be a, a you know the, the, hey, we're going to go in and we're going to pound the ball with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and beat the Ravens. No, you're probably going to have to throw it around a little bit right. to uh, to get after him. And Emmanuel but, Sanders, uh, though, I will say his ability to earn first downs, he's r- right up there. He's in, he's number five on the list of the top five. That's a really big deal. It, and maybe it doesn't manifest in everyday fantasy points, but in terms of impact to the team, he's drawing double coverages. He's you know having to block, stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily show up on a stat sheet, but is super important to actually winning. So if the there's no Case Keenum. That will that will be hard, but it's good that Emmanuel Sanders can help him. Especially, you know, the Ravens' secondary is no slouch, and they're not going to single cover people anymore. 
Yeah, I'll just I don't need to uh, echo everything you put together with your model. I'll I'll take the Ravens and I'll just say, hey, a Broncos team that led against the Raiders for all of six seconds in that game is not one that I have a lot of confidence going into Baltimore and beating a team that I picked to win the the AFC North. Uh, Bears make their way out to a Chicago winter retreat. It is, believe it or not, for whatever reason, New Yorkers go to Florida. Chicagoans go to go Scottsdale. To yeah, yeah, for so sure. I know so many that do that. <laughs> to, uh, to the greater Phoenix area, I should say, Glendale, Arizona, for the Cardinals. Yeah. And you got the Bears uh, pretty heavily here. They do. The Bears winning in 70% of the model simulations, and they win by a score of 22 to 17. Now, notice, 17 is a low number. It's actually not the lowest one in the model this week, but that's... That's, that's very low. My model never predicts – I've never seen in, in the history of modeling any of this stuff, and I've been doing this for a long time, never would predict a single-digit a single digit score. It would always be at least a double-digit score. So the closer you get to, to single digits, the no, that's that's not a very good outlook on this one. Part of it is because you see Fitzpatrick – or Fitzgerald – Fitzpatrick's on a different team. You see Larry Fitzgerald's been on the injury report, and it seems like a real injury, not veteran rest. And then you see, you know, look, um, David Johnson's snap count has gone down from two seasons ago where it was over 95%. It's now closer to like 68%. That's an interesting That's an interesting fold if you're a get fantasy together, player. Get it together, Mike McCoy. That's, that's what's interesting to me. Get it yeah. together. Yeah. You're, you're a terrible play caller right now in Arizona. It's been a mess that that guy can't get enough targets. And that offense, it's, look, the offense is terrible. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's very hard to play an NFL game with NFL talent and cross midfield once on right. the last play of the game. I don't care how good that Rams defense is. That's embarrassing. Uh, it just, yeah. it's, it is crazy what has happened to that offense that they invested a lot of money in the offensive line. I saw him in the preseason. They look good, man. That offensive line was getting push. David Johnson looked like it. he was spry. I, I really was, and yep. it is. You think that they? And cr- when do you think we see Josh Rosen? Oh, it it have to be at halftime. I mean, if they're if they're not scoring points and they're down a touchdown plus, let's say they're down fourteen points. Yep. At the half, what are you doing? You know what what are what are you doing? If you're on pace to lose a game by twenty eight points to the Bears. Um, then I don't see why you don't bring Josh Rosen in. And the good thing about Josh is, uh, for much of a, for as much of a jerk as he can be, um, he's he is such a sharp quarterback that he's someone that would take a play call from Mike McCoy and be able to diagnose a defense and say, no, that's a stupid play. I'm just gonna, hey David, get ready. I'm just gonna, he's gonna Dave Craig it. That was that was like a Dave Craig special. Is he would take play calls and just be like, yeah, whatever. Hey you, go run real far. I'm gonna throw it. And that's that's what I suspect Josh would do in the second half. That's why you're my favorite person. That's terrible. I like the Cardinals, too. Let, let's talk about something positive. Sorry. What's positive? Khalil Mack. Oh, Khalil no. Mack is, has been better than I thought he would be even, and I thought he was going to be pretty Spectacular. great. The only, the only knock on Khalil Mack that I have so far is that you see him, you know, taking plays off at the end of the game, which – that's a function of conditioning. So I looked at their next few, their next few uh, schedule, like looked at the schedule for the next few games, and it's this game, and then Bucks, Fins, and Pats. So I think we're going to see like right when you get to the Pats, and even if the Pats O line is still not as great as we're used to it being, I still think like that's going to give him the perfect amount of time to just make that Pats game amazing. So yeah, I'm looking well, ahead. I'm trying to make it positive. Yeah. I'm spinning it forward. It's all sunshine. The water's here. not working, Brady. You can't move like you used to. Sorry. You can eat your gruel and your fancy diet, but it doesn't matter if Khalil Mack's bearing down on you. Yeah, he's been impressive. I mean, and as you said, yeah, he's getting gassed and he's taking plays off or he's off the field even. Right. Like he'll go, uh, have, he'll go off to the sideline. Take a, to take be a expected. Um, the totally. difference is he's so impactful in the first three quarters before that happens. 100%. <laughs> Whatever. 100%. What like, unless it's Aaron Rodgers in an improbable come-from-behind right. victory, then you're you're getting the best Khalil Mack that you're getting. I mean, I, I, I'm interested to see in this game some of the things that I'm going to be looking for are – well, one, are we going to see like, you know, Jordan Howard, let's block for him just a little bit better. Are they, they, I'm being nitpicky here. This is not, this is not um, right. like, I'm, I'm being nitpicky. Like Jordan Howard, are we, are we going to be doing this? Mitchell Trubisky, are you going to settle down a little bit? Just, just a little bit, just like the reads and the forcing things like just settle down. There's just chill out. Let's see if we can get this game where you're, where we're, we're starting to see a more Matt Nagy, like not Nagy, you know, gadget play to, get him going and get him out of his own head or whatever it is, but, you know, a nice steady progression. That's what I'm Yeah, last year it was, why, why'd you take Trubisky ahead of Watson, you dummies? And now it's, why'd you take Trubisky ahead of Mahomes, you dummies? Right. And look, maybe it's on, you know, 
maybe Mitch just isn't as good. You know, maybe, maybe he's not Pat Mahomes. Maybe he's not Deshaun Watson. It, he's been good enough, though. I mean, he's accurate. He throws a pretty ball. Um, and you just hope, like you said, the brain comes around. I just think it's like let the game slow down for him a little bit. I mean, you're in Aaron, like that first game, it's Aaron Rodgers like crushing your soul. Literally, you know, well, that's literally. Right. It's not literally. He didn't actually literally do it. So it's Aaron Rodgers well, I don't crushing know because I have not found soul. my soul yet. So have you figured out the time? Was a Bears yet? fan at one point. Right. He did. I feel as though it was soul crushing. It was soul crushing. Right. And now so, that I'm no longer a fan, it. Uh, but but you it, know, it's very very liberating. <laughs> I gotta do that with the Lions. This is gonna be worse. Not a bad time. idea. We're both we're both together on this. Bears. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals got to figure stuff out, and I think by figure stuff out, I, I will make that prediction. You'll see Josh Rosen in the second okay. half of this one. Now we Here shift we go. to the big ones, the ones your model really likes. Yep. Uh, and we'll start with Giants at Texans. What do you got? The model wants to eat. It likes the Texans in this one, 25-20. Wow. In a battle of the embattled offensive lines, you like the Texans. Okay. <sighs> the best 0-2 team. Those are the segments you're going to be hearing for the rest of the week. Yeah, right. Which team is the best 0-2 team? The Texans started playing two playoff teams. The Giants' slow starts in the last five of their six seasons. They only made the playoffs in one of those. That's 0-12. You're, okay. You're done with my – uh, uh, my... I like it. <laughs> I think – look, you got to fill, right? you got to fill six days before the game comes around. So we got to play the who's the best 0-2 team. And, look, I'll tell you who it's not, the Cardinals. Nope. So here we go as we move on to the Giants my, and Texans. Why biggest... does the model like the Texans? Because that's a pretty hefty win right there, 70% plus and five points. Yes, that is a hefty win. That is a It's a more point-filled hefty win than I would have expected. Really, it comes down to Watson. So we saw him – you know, look – he struggles when he's under pressure. That's every quarterback. But he does it like, you know, let's say if the league-wide differential is, what, 27.5, he's like, you know, 64.7, so more than twice as many as, as the league-wide average. So pressure is a huge, big, huge deal in this one. But we're starting to see, at least in the past, like in the past game, we started to see his ability to connect with, I don't know, Will Fuller come back, and that was a big deal, his return from injury. We saw Deshaun, or Deshaun Watson. We, we saw he's passing to himself. I think he did that last season. He probably that? could. I, it was somebody did do that last Ricochet season. Ricochet off the helmet. Right. He actually did that. He yeah. did that. It was him. Okay. No, good. Marcus Mariota. Okay. I knew it was somebody Mariota. did catch a pass. Yeah from themselves but with Nuke Hopkins being able to you know Will Fuller there draw a little bit of coverage off of Nuke Hopkins it's going to allow Deshaun Watson to look more I know I said this last week but more Deshaun Watson like the mobility will come back his feel for I mean he's playing without a run game essentially so that kind of balance at least spreading the field out a little bit the Giants defense has looked better but I still think we saw really erratic cornerback play. So I don't think – I think it's a huge mismatch, mismatch or mishmash, if you will, of New Hopkins and Eli Apple and Will Fuller and Eli Apple. So I just think the Sean Watson is going to be able to exploit that kind of erratic up-and-down play from the corners. Yeah, and we saw, you know – Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson pick up where they left off last year at that kind of speed. And, of course, Nuke Hopkins, who does it regardless of the quarterback, regardless of the opponent. He's just that good. And I'll tell you, Sterling Shepard has not been good. Uh, Eli Manning has not been good. That offensive line has not been good. And, you know, whether or not this this – look, the Texans' defense has been okay. It's it's not like it's been their fault. It's been a lot of mistakes right. by Deshaun Watson and the lack of Lamar Miller having any sort of right. impact on He's a game. He's doing without a run game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and here's the difference: the Giants are last in big plays. So big plays, twenty plus receptions and ten plus rushes, and with your line being this big of a deal and. Saquon Barkley's had a great start. Like, I, like anyone who says he's not, or that I hate the narrative of like, oh, they should have gone quarterback. Blah, blah. Like, it's that. Who cares what they should have done? Whatever. Saquon's been great. He's very valuable. He's been. It's not his fault. But they're not giving him a, situ- a situation where he's really able to connect with what he's. You know really getting those yards after the catch and really opening the game up for Odell Beckham Jr. Because Eli keeps throwing the ball really quickly and getting it out of his hands really quickly. Like Things can't develop. There's no time. That means better field position for the Texans. That means more favorable situations for Deshaun Watson and less risky situations. So that's what really drives the Texans to have such a overwhelming victory. Yeah, and I mean, look, I know that the, the Texans fans will probably point out the fact that you know their rushing numbers are good. Yeah, that's fine. They're just they, they're not impactful. You know, impact that's right. the game. That's, I love that's that. What I'm saying. Exactly. I, I don't care what the numbers are. I'd like to see that running game impact the game, open things up more, so this team can score 
some more points. Um, all right, Patriots at Lions. How is this not the biggest one? Seventy-one yeah. percent in That's favor of seventy-one <laughs> percent in favor of the Patriots. Twenty-nine to twenty-one. That's what I think would be maybe lower scoring than people might think. Yeah, but I think if when you close your eyes, you're like, big, oh, it's angry usually... Tom Brady, angry Tom Brady always scores 10 million points and right. never loses after losing by double digit by double digits. And the next week he just crushes souls. Okay, but I just don't know if the Lions will be able to keep pace or keep it. You know, I, I think this one is overwhelmingly in favor of New England and not as many points as I would close my eyes and imagine if I was just thinking about this. And you know why? Because the Lions do the two mortal sins that you are never going to sustainably win with. If you cannot stop the run and then you cannot run yourself, you do not win football games. It's almost as bad as turnovers. Like Poor turnovers, Johnson. it's bad. Poor who? Such high hopes for him. And I think they haven't Detroit. used him. And they I haven't know. used him. You end up in Detroit, and it's just not going to happen. It's a team that is going to have, for whatever reason, the last, since Barry Sanders they hate left, me. one of the worst running games in all of football. And yeah. uh, as you said, they're terrible in stopping the run. I mean, Matt Breida just absolutely wrecked them last week in San Francisco. Right. Uh, we know what happened uh, against the Jets with both Bilal Paul and Isaiah Crowell, yeah. and it's going to happen again. Right. Um, and it's... It's going to be Rex Burkhead or James White or whoever else. No, it you is. know who's going to be? Sony Michelle. You know Sony why? Michelle. Because it just is. Like, that's yeah. just, that's like the, it's, I mean, look, that's not what the model says. That's like the Cynthia ironic, you know, take on that, right? Because and football, uh, football will have, I, I will suggest that football has no soul if Josh Gordon in his first game as a Patriot goes for like 200 yards and three touchdowns. I just can't, cannot have that. I, I can't. I'd be okay with yeah. it if it's Sony Michelle, just because like we deserve that as Lions fans. But like, you know, but not Josh Gordon. You know what I mean? Like that. Like Sony Michelle. All right, good. You tricked. You tricked our coach. You tricked your your disciple. You made another one look like they aren't as great of a coach as you. I got you. I got you're you, Bill. I see what you're coming with. You're not the you're first. Not you the won't first. be the last. I get you. And look, the one thing I look for is like, okay, well, how do you beat the Pats? Well, obviously we saw it. you beat the Pats with pressure, and you beat the Pats with pressure in the middle. Everybody, like we know that, right? We saw that last week, and especially. With with their you know wide receiver situation last week not being where it normally is for, as a team and September being the wonky month where we're actually seeing the Pats preseason right now. With all those things, if you could pressure them. But you know what? The Lions can't pressure anyone. So that's just not so a big good. deal. Right. <laughs> all right, let's go uh, Titans at Jags as we uh, make our way toward, I guess, what we would call the locks, the lock of all locks. But uh, Titans at Jaguars is pretty darn close. Yep, 75% Jags, 28-17. How come? So, unfortunately for my model, uh, Cam Robinson, who I love, and he's been really helpful in keeping Bortles out away from pressure, he's not playing. But when it comes down to it, especially with Marcus Mariota and potentially Bling Gabbert playing again, Mariota, last I heard, he still has no feeling in his hands. We got an email about it a little while ago. Yep. That's not good. That's not going to be um, a real helpful way to win games. Um, even though Blaine Gabbert looked great last week, it's very much of a different opportunity to look bad against the Jags defense. Tennessee, they saw a lot of stacked boxes and Cynthia, they took I don't, them out I don't there. I'm going to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off here. Do it. That Jags defense made Tom Brady look bad. They had I, I Tommy. Know. That's Tommy why I said it's not hard. what they created. So you don't you don't need to go too deep on this one. Right. Blaine saw ghosts when he was in a Jags uniform. Now he's not going to see ghosts. He's going to see Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson and Dante that Fowler. of a Dante Fowler of yep. a defense, and uh, and it's going to be ugly. And I think you're being kind by suggesting okay. the Jaguars are going to win this game by 11. Uh, I I don't have any question that uh, as long as you think it's more question, than a touchdown, game, that's right? all that anyone cares about. Yeah. Hey, Mark Mike Vrabel, you're all smart and junk. Congratulations, but uh, <laughs> Jags are going to absolutely wreck them this game with Blank Gabbard. And and I know, look, he kept it short so the, the completions were high, but yep. I've got to believe he hit Corey Davis in the helmet like two times, threw, overthrew him when he was six yards away three times. For whatever reason, that poor guy cannot They're like, hey, Derrick Henry, why don't, you just, why don't you just keep rushing? We're good. Yeah, just exactly. go. Just everybody right. wrote. Deion Lewis, you got, you, you're going to go too. One thing to Colts watch. Colts at Eagles. Well, oh, you, got, you Just got one else? thing to watch for the future, the, the Bortles pressure situation, because with the O-line, with Cam Robinson being out, 
Bortles has been pressured about the same at the same rate as last season, but he's not getting sacked as much. So that's just a really good example. It's like four percent last season. This this year it's one percent, one point three percent. So that is a big difference. We're just something to monitor for the future because Jarrell sure. Casey can get to the quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from Jarrell Casey and Harold Landry looked good last game too for Tennessee. Great, yes, man, exactly. he looked great. Like how did that guy slip to the second round? Um, no question, exactly. and obviously they have a really good secondary. So, so just one um, thing Kevin to Byer to track there. for for future for future reference. Yeah. Okay. Colts at Colts Eagles. Eagles. All right, you ready? Seventy nine percent. Eagles. Sounds about right. Carson Wentz is back. That's right. Twenty eight to nineteen. And yeah. that's although you know I tried to take away from the Colts right against the Redskins and look what they did to them. Yeah. No. Well. Okay. So here's here's two things. Part of the reason why the Eagles have looked so not eagle like is they've they've actually played almost half of their snap total that so last season they took like about 120 snaps playing from behind during the regular season this season they're already at like 50 they're they're almost at the same snap total playing from behind which means that a lot of the plays that they have in there to make Nick Foles look great the more gadget trick stuff like those are like roll of the dice right like they're high upside but also high downside, right? They're more risky kind of plays. Those are hitting the downside more than the up. So you know what? And I know Wentz it's something you're. Yeah, I know it's something you're going to detail too uh, on game day morning. Just the return of Carson Wentz and how much different this mm-hmm. Eagles team is going to look with. Well, the guy was probably going to win the MVP in the league last year before he hurt his leg in Los Angeles against the Rams. The only thing you need to know about that is that Wentz in the red zone and Wentz in passing situations, that's that's Wentz red zone is like a thing of magic. That's what gave him that MVP-like, right. those MVP-like qualities. But I do want to say, Frank Reich, I don't know if people remember this, but he was the offensive coordinator there sure for was. the Eagles. So if there's anyone that's familiar with how special he is, he it's, it's definitely – coach reg but he doesn't have the personnel to be able to account for the mobility the the potential to hit any one of his receivers even though those receiving the receiving core is still banged up anyone he can hit anyone all the different pass catchers in any route better than nick Foles, and that i have math on that it will be interesting um to see if in fact they can do it again because i have a very uh high regard for malik hooker he's special uh, when he's helping, he's on the field. He is I a agree. special safety. Darius Leonard has flashed already in two games as a rookie. Um, and Andrew Luck is really good. He's a Newsflash. Really, really good elite quarterback. So if he's healthy and and he starts slinging it around, then you're going to find yourself in some games. I mean, mm-hmm. he took him to the AFC Championship, for goodness sakes, when he was healthy. You know, before – because we forget he was gone for almost two years. So well, you talk about that. Philadelphia did allow two seventy-plus yard touchdowns last week to the Bucks. So deep passes is an area that the that you know the Eagles are going to have to improve at defending. It's hey, also T.Y. Hilton, surprising. run that way real fast. <laughs> Go. And I'm going to throw this ball really hard. Go. And let's see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's look. It, if if Wentz is back and he's the Wentz of last year, I totally get it. I'll just kind of put this qualifier in there. If, in fact, they do this week or at least hang in there and look like they're pressuring like they were last week against Washington, I'm going to start become a believer in the Colts. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. Because that's, you know, we forget how good Andrew Luck is. All right. To the 49ers at the Chiefs. 82.1% Chiefs. 31-21. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> look, I've doubted the Chiefs two weeks in a row now, right? So You know what's I funny, mean, though? You can't slow down the Cheetah. You, you know, Mahomes is just throwing – I don't – his footwork looks terrible. The defense is terrible. But, man – That's what I was about to tell you. How do you slow down that offense? So, here's here's two things that – I understand that 31-21 adds up to 52 points, which seems like a lot of points. But I think that the general public would think it'd be like, you know, maybe a lot more points than that. So, I have a fewer point total overall despite a 10-point win in part because well Reuben Foster's back. So Reuben Foster right. being back for the 49ers does change a little bit it's in a terms big of big deal. Yeah, their defense is good and they get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Here's the problem. Pa- well, problem if you're a 49ers fan. Patrick Mahomes is actually like a 141 passer rating under pressure. 
That's good. Patrick Mahomes is also completing 30% more of his passes when he's getting the ball out quickly, which is what he does. So the two things that sometimes rookie, or I guess he's not a rookie, but his in his first full season, they're the two things that you kind of see like take a little bit time to gel is like passer rating under pressure and, you know, the ability to adjust between deep passes and short passes. And Patrick Mahomes has been excellent at both of those. So, again, Reuben Foster being back does limit it. And I do think we start to see a little bit. Is Eric Berry going to be back? I think he might be. That could be a big deal. That's a huge game changer. Kendall Fuller, who came from Washington to this team in a trade last season, he's actually number 47 on my quarterback, our cornerback ranking list. They're terrible. That's I mean, mean, Cynthia, they they are terrible. Uh, defensively, they are absolutely right. terrible. Uh, again, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why when you said that they were your, your Super Bowl team, I kind of, because I, when I was putting together that first week, I was like, man, I don't know what they're going to do on defense. Right. They don't really, you know, Justin Houston's great. I get it. But there's really not a lot else. And just think they were up 21 nothing on the Steelers. And it was 21-21 before you blinked um, mm-hmm. because they can't. They got Orlando Scandrick out there running around. And, I, I mean, know. that guy is a mess. Yeah, it's Maybe it's, that was a little harsh. I, look, could have been a little. But again, no, I, I say no, that, look, and I'm not. I'm not detracting from the if Chiefs. You're gonna win, I'm saying if they're going to do it, yeah, they're going to have to do it by scoring 40 points a game. And so far, win, they've said can, we can do it. You can't. You can't rely on that sustainably, right? Especially if you have someone who sc- who scores as many points as Patrick Mahomes and that in this offense does, then your pass defense especially needs to be shored up because if if you're up that by that much, teams have to pass on you in order to score enough points to try to sit, hang in there with you. So that's why it's a better combination to have an offense like this Kansas City offense and then fix your pass defense than to try to like stop the run as much, right? Because nobody's going to run on you as often. They're going to want to pass on you all day in the second half. So for me, the the fact that, look, Kendall Fuller's been good. It, you have to work. It has to be a better full unit. I do think we see that this week because what do we, who's, who's number one uh, pass catcher in San Francisco? His name's George Kittle. Right. Yeah, he runs the deepest. And he had just two receptions the other week. So and he, and he, week and he runs the deepest routes, but that's not so they're kind of playing into like this middle of the field and area, like keeping the ball in front of the Chiefs. Keeping the ball in front of the Chiefs is a good way to like stop having all those yards put up against you. See, you know, insert when you saw like Keenan Allen running those shorter routes didn't have as much success as he did when they were going over top with him. So it's all about which routes are they running. So that's part of the reason why this one, I feel like you're going to see better stats from the Chiefs defense in this one because the ball will be in front of them as opposed to going over their head. Yeah. And they may have to get this thing balanced out and start running the ball with Kareem Hunt a little bit more, give that defense a breather instead of just taking 90-second drives and just putting it out there over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm with you. Uh, this is not the game where they get exposed. All right, Bills, Vikings, I don't know how deep you want to go into this. This seems pretty obvious. Yeah, so 87% Vikings, 28-14. to 14. Got it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say it could be 38-14. to 14. I know everyone's piling on the Bills. Um, I just saw them I'm last week. I'm not piling week. on them. Brent, yeah, you can. It, it's okay. It's it was a, it was a rough go. I mean, they had six straight quarters of really bad football. Um, they settled in in the second half a little bit. I think the Chargers probably took the foot off the gas as well. But what they did in the second half, I'll say, was kind of interesting. Um, and this may be something you were going to say, and I'm just taking it from you. But they started running Josh Allen. He's big. He's athletic. He's fast, and he is a load to bring down. Um, so that's I think their path moving forward. But do you really want to expose them in a year where you might? win a couple games to all those hits. That's going to be the trick for Brian Dable. Yeah, I am actually going to look at something on the Vikings side of the ball because I think it's more positive. Let's go there. I'm curious to see if we can get Dalvin Cook going. He's not been exactly who they need him to be yet (laughs) through two exhilarating games. Um, But I'm curious to see, especially against this Bills defense that has been able to be run against, if the Dalvin Cook that we anticipated in the beginning of the season shows up, he's my number six running back in projections because the model says yes, in part because of game script. But I want to see the ability to break tackles, especially coming off surgery. I want to see, like, is he, you know, what what happens when, when he gets more contact? Positive. Right. I think yeah. good, right? Okay. okay. There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds. He was good. Tremaine in Edmonds one. is awesome. Tremaine yeah, he wasn't great was, last week. He, he got burned I don't a care. Times. You know what? Um, he was asked to do a lot. They targeted him a bunch. They yeah. targeted him a ton. 
Yeah, he's super athletic. Um, made a couple plays, but got you know they. It, it seemed like a, a quarterback is and Cousins falls into this category just real quick. As smart as Philip Rivers is, he was able to diagnose what what the young man was unable to do and repeatedly went after him with Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler out of the backfield and He'll they learn. made a lot of hate there. All right, Thursday night game. Do not forget the Thursday night game uh, that would have fallen into the coin flip category. Sure huh? would have. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Do we got a first? Brrr- the first go. time in 20 games, or I guess 19, whatever, 20 games, the Browns win 21 to 20. Got I'm it? with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I love the defense. I love, <laughs> love, love the defense of the Browns, specifically Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. A lot of people scoffed Larry at Ogunjobi. that award, but man, he looked great against Antonio Brown in that first week. Uh, he's been on their injury report. I'm a little worried that that the corners yeah. won't play in this one. Demarius Randall and he have both appeared on the injury report. I think, look, the Jets... Three games, 11 days, a rookie quarterback. That's a tall tale for any quarterback, but a rookie quarterback adjusting to the different speeds of the games. And in all honesty, when you have your left guard, James Carpenter, that's the name. I don't want to call him out. That's kind of mean. He's been on the injury report all – Right. He's been on the injury report all week. He ranked – he allowed the most pressures for any guard in the entire league – against the Dolphins last week, like pressure in your face. You've had to adjust to all of these different teams in a very short amount of time. It's a, it's a situation. It's a hard situation. You're on the road. These are all things that historically have not netted out well for the team, you know, for the, the team in the Jets position. I really like the fact that you've seen Miles Garrett kind of match up against guards. You've seen Larry Ogunjobi be pushed all around the line. You, that, that pressure is going to change things for Darnold and, and, I'm not I'm not getting on the like Darnold picks thing. I don't want to talk about college. I, that it's all different now, right? But any quarterback is going to see a huge increase in pressure. I've seen it. It's in the model. 10% increase if you're playing on a short week with your offensive line allowing pressures to reach you. And no, not all pressures are created equal, but I think that's a nasty pressure for Miles Garrett matched up with a guard. I wouldn't want to see that and most quarterbacks wouldn't let alone a rookie. I I get I'll just I'll button it with this, uh, unless you have something else to add. Nope. New Orleans hung 40 on Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh hung nearly 40 on on uh, Kansas City. The Browns held each of them to 21 points, and it wasn't a fluke. Uh, they shut down. And they down got super unlucky in special those teams. offense, and got unlucky on uh, in their kicking game. They you can make a case that they could be two and zero right now, and and I'm with you. They get their first win. All right, when we wrap them, <sighs> Cynthia, we like to go to your confidence. Let's picks. do it. The big three. The big uh, so what do we three. have? The big three. If you had to pick three that your model spit out, these three, are the three things, things that you I are think most are. Confident in. You know what? Before before we got in here, we were I was talking with Mark Brady, who's our our producer, and we called my mom and we had her rate me on one to ten on how good of a daughter I was. So I'm going to okay. rate these. These are this is my these are my tens. This this pick here is a ten. I think ten. that a ten. We got a ten. I think a high scoring game with between Green Bay and Washington. So I think that fifty. I, I think it could go North even of 50 higher. Points. North of fifty points. North of fifty points. Uh, okay. This one's uh, my nine-rated one, and I think that one's the that there's going to be more points than you'd expect in Miami. I have 25 to 21. That means 46 points. I think you know it could be even higher than that. So north a of 46. A barn burner. A barn burner. Okay. okay. And 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 I think Philadelphia. This one, Philadelphia. It's going to be at least a touchdown that they win by. They're gonna. Okay. They've got they've got Carson Wentz back. At least a touchdown, and you get a right. bonus because you know what? A we really need a lock bonus. of the week. I feel we need so a lock special. of the week. This one's a lock. Kansas okay. City's going to win by at least a touchdown. Kansas City by a touchdown. Yeah, I got I got ten points. A double digit win in my model right. is ridiculous. Home opener, Arrowhead. Although Arrowhead known as a very calm, collective, soothing. it's yes. I th- downright uh, soothing. Yes, mm-hmm. it's just not enough noise there from those fans. Know, they really uh-huh. got to start coming to life. All I right, know. so Kansas City by a touchdown. You like Philly by at least a touchdown and a lot of points in Oakland, Miami, and Green Bay, Washington. All right. Yeah. Looks pretty darn good. Money, it's a Might pleasure. Anything out? No, I mean, anything? it's just a pleasure starting and ending my day with you. 12-hour days with you are yeah, my right. favorite. It's been a long day. If the energy's been low, my great <laughs> apologies. No. Um, had Never. I managed to smuggle some booze in here or something Ooh. maybe it would have got a little stupid booze but, pod uh, there we go it's it's a it's a late one for us but um 12 hours after we started our day talking football <laughs> we finish our day talking football so a big thank you to uh to our crew 
to uh, our man Shoppy, to Mark Brady. I assume I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, whatever. What do you do? Uh, to all of you that download, that listen, that stream, that share, that respond via Twitter, uh, that have helped us keep this on the air. We can't thank you enough. We look forward to coming back next week, and we look forward to celebrating. I'm going to give you, I don't know how many times I disagreed with you, I think a couple, but I'm going to give you a nice, eh, let's go 13 and 3 week. Okay. I'm going to give you a 13 and 3 week. Got right, expectations. Okay, yep. we got this. 13 and 3 is what I'm going with game theory. Getting money. loose, getting loose. Week 3, exactly. All right, thanks everybody for downloading, streaming, listening. We certainly appreciate it. We'll be back again next week.